Welcome to the Lead Defend Podcast, a show designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build up your faith as you engage a changing culture. Now, here are your hosts. Hey, this is Ryan and Brock, and we're here with a special guest, Gene Bubba Wright. But yeah, we are. Gene, my big question is, how did you get the nickname Bubba? Well, I was uh, serving at Eastern Heights Baptist Church as a layman in the youth department, and I was uh, working with the junior high kids. Well, Robert Bailey was the uh, youth director, and I walked in to his area one day, and I said, hey, Bubba, how you doing? <laughs> well, it backfired, and since then, I've been known as Bubba. Okay. It's Bubba. So you've been Bubba ever since. Been Bubba, and then two people call me Peaches because I'm from Georgia. All right. And then when I played football at Northeastern State University, they called me Mean Gene. That, mean that's Gene. incredible. What, you played football? I played football. What position? Center. I was 255 Center. pounds. 255 pounds. Making Big it man. happen. Well, Gene, uh, one of your favorite pastimes, well, maybe I'm putting these words in your mouth, but one of your favorite hobbies is eating fire. Mm -hmm. Wow. What does fire taste like? You can't, can't taste it. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I mean, uh, the fuel that you use to set the torches on fire, that's what tastes funny. Coleman's fuel, if you're not used to it. So you literally just go buy Coleman's fuel from Walmart? Coleman's fuel from Walmart. Wow. Does it yeah. Okay. I, do not try this at home, by the way. Yeah. Don't try it at home. You can only try it if I teach you. <laughs> okay. All right. So speaking of, you, you run a ministry where you have the opportunity to talk to a lot of students, young adults, children um, about things of the faith. And so tell us, how did you get started in ministry? Well, when I was working at Pepsi-Cola, uh, the Holy Spirit directed me to go into the ministry. I've noticed you've been glaring at me because I'm drinking a Coke right now. I was about right to now, ask so. if there was any animosity at this table. Well, I haven't paid attention to that, but you need to get rid of that thing. <laughs> really? Okay. We've so, got a Pepsi man. So you're working for PepsiCo. I work for Pepsi-Cola. And the Holy Spirit uh, was encouraging me to quit Pepsi to go into the ministry. But I was making good money then, and I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. Because there's a little bit of doubt and fear, you know, going into the ministry. Yeah. Well, one day I was driving down the road, and my back started hurting. Went to the doctor, and the fourth and fifth vertebrae had snapped loose from my spine. Whoa. And I knew that it was the Lord spanking me. Now, he only spanks us because he loves us. Mm. So he was trying to nudge me in the right direction. So after I had surgery and got over surgery, I met Kevin Clarkson. He was the uh, pastor at Grandview Baptist Church in Muskogee, Oklahoma. Okay. They hired me there as a youth pastor. The youth ministry exploded. And then one week he called me and he said, Bubba, next month we're having high attendance Sunday. Would you be willing to do a children's service for us for one Sunday? I said, okay. So I did a children's service. I used balloons. And tied it all into the Bible. Well, that was so impressive to him that he asked me to do it from then on. So he made me his youth pastor, children's pastor. And before I left there, I was the associate pastor, bus minister, and BBS director. <laughs> so they, they threw a few hats on you. I was everything but the preacher, brother. Yeah. And it all started with the Lord punishing him for drinking Pepsi. <laughs> I, think, I, mean, I think that's the moral of the story. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bubba, so tell us this. Uh, you, you said part of the thing that you've talked about at Lead Defend Foundations, um, which is behind us by the time this, past, this uh, podcast airs, 
is doubt and fear. Doubt and fear. And so how have doubt and fear wreaked havoc on Christians? Well, with me, you know, uh, I was doubting the Lord's call to go into the ministry. Wow. I was afraid to let loose of a good-paying job to start the bottom of the pole of a small church in Muskogee. Mm. But when the Lord spanked my britches for that, I don't worry about that anymore. I just try to simply do exactly what the Lord tells me to do. Yeah. I mean, to me, doubting what the Lord tells you to do is sin. Mm. And so if we have sin in our hearts and life, he can't use us the way he wants to. Amen? That's just right. like you drinking that Coke, that's sin. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, is going to come up through this whole episode. Oh, we oh, you just might it. need to finish that off. Hey, so, so tell me this. Um, of course, there, there have been times of doubt. We're going to dig into that a little bit later. But, but when was it that you first made the decision to trust Jesus as your Lord? I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't raised in a Christian home. My daddy died when I was 11. And uh, my mama had a hard time raising me, my twin sister, and older sister. My older brother had already left home. But uh, I had a cousin. Her name was Gail Blaylock. She would come by my house and pick me up on Sunday to go to church. Well, back then, they had these revivals that would go to 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning because Hmm. they'd sing, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I was sitting on the back row with my arms around two girls. It was the pastor's daughters. <laughs> Both of them? You were, Both how, of them. you were how old at this time? I was 16. All right. Brave man. I was 16. And it was like the Holy Spirit said, Gene, you need to get saved. But I knew that if I walked the aisle, I'd cry. Hmm. And back then, we were taught that men didn't cry. Hmm. And I didn't go. Hmm. And that revival lasted for a week. Every single night, the Holy Spirit was calling me to come. Wow. Every single night, I said no, because I knew I'd cry. Well, on Sunday morning, the last day of revival, it was like the Holy Spirit let me know that if I didn't go, I probably never would go. Hmm. So I got up. As soon as I stepped down the aisle, I started bawling like a baby. Hmm. Walked the aisle. And give my heart life to Jesus. Mm. Wow. Best thing that ever happened to me next to my getting married, wow. my salvation. Wow. Best thing that ever happened to me. Wow. And so since 16 years old, you've been following the Lord. Um, but it hasn't always been easy, I trust. No. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't easy because uh, I was made fun of by some of my family members. My mama didn't go to church. Now, she never did keep me from going. Yeah. But there was never any encouragement there. Wow. Never. The only kind of encouragement I got was from the preacher, from my cousin, Gail Blaylock. Yeah. So you follow the Lord. Um, you go to, you, you graduate, you start a career uh, working for PepsiCo, and then um, all of a sudden the Lord calls you to ministry despite all these doubts and mm-hmm. fears. And so tell us, um, how is it, especially thinking about students, how would you encourage a student to confront doubt in their life? I just look at them and say, get over it, Nancy. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty straightforward. I'm pretty blunt with kids. I mean, I love them, but I'll tell them exactly what they need to do and encourage them to do it. Mm. I mean, I've always shot straight with them, always have. I mean, that's the way I want people to do me. So why don't I do people the same way? I don't think Jesus piddled around with it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, there are several instances in the Bible where people doubt. Of course, there's a character, Doubting Thomas, who we often call him, who doubts frequently. Yep. Um, you could say John the Baptist doubted um, his yep. ministry when he asked Jesus, are, are you the one who's to come, or should we wait for someone else? And so there's several instances of doubt in the Bible. Yeah. Um, so how, in light of that, how would you encourage folks to deal with their own doubt? Can I just read a few of these? I would love yeah. it. Adam, Eve, Abraham, Sarah, Moses, David, Elijah, John the Baptist, and the list goes on and on. They were all doubters. Even the family of Jesus thought he was crazy. All his disciples ran away in doubt, not just Thomas. What we see in the Bible is a dump truck full of doubters, and God doesn't give up on any of us. Wow. I saw that today, so I thought, that is fantastic. I'm going to read that tonight. A yeah. dump truck full of doubters. Dump truck full of doubters. Probably a semi-truck. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you think are causing um, students today doubt? I mean, probably some of the same things at, at the root of, of everything, that even some of those names from the Bible. But as you look around students between the ages of 16, like yourself before you got saved, or up to 26, what do you think are some things that are really causing students and young people doubt in the realm of faith or spirituality today? I don't think the young people see Jesus in the adults like we used to see. Hmm. I mean, you know, back in my day, hmm. we had people going to church on Wednesday nights, Sunday morning, Sunday nights. They had a revival. The church house was filled to the brim. Hmm. Nowadays, you don't see much of that anymore. Sure, so maybe not as many examples of faith around. Um, uh, there, there are some circumstances, I think, that, that tend to cause people to doubt, whether it's tragic life events, maybe a, a friend, a relative uh, passes, or really just difficult life circumstances. Suffering. That's right. Yeah, suffering and hardship. And what, what is your encouragement in those seasons for a person who tends to doubt? Is doubt always wrong? Is no. that healthy? Uh, no, I think we all doubt. That? We all doubt. I mean, uh, if somebody says they don't, they lie. Yeah. Sure. Could you give us a good definition for doubt? Lack of trust. Lack of trust. Mm -hmm. And so is it, always, is it always harmful to doubt? No. I mean, uh, I think when I doubted with the Lord uh, and spent time in prayer with him about the doubts, uh, that gave him an opportunity to really parent me, mm -hmm. to grow me up. Wow, that's a good word. Uh, you know, it's interesting, when we think about John the Baptist doubting Thomas, Jesus doesn't get on to them for doubting. No. Uh, in fact, he, he just really gives them evidence to combat their doubt, it seems. Well, the only one that he got on to was Peter. He said, get, the behind, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, he only did that because he loved Peter. Mm -hmm. And he knew Peter could take it. I don't think, uh, uh, you know, we're all different. Right. I mean, my wife is different than I am. I mean, I'm more hard-headed than she is. Yeah. Thank uh, the Lord she's different than you are. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> but I, I think that uh, some people struggle more with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, with, for me, I'd rather for you to slap me in the face with truth. Wow. And not pillow around about it. You see sure. what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think you've got to look at different individuals because we're made yeah. different. I mean, some people, a lot of people's not like me. They're yeah. not like you two. Some people you got to address their doubt different, differently. Some yeah. Peop, some people can take that straight. You got to be more. You got to be more loving. Other people, you you might need to be a little more empathetic. You might yeah. need to be a little more caring. And and you're right, Ryan. You know, patient. When, exactly. But yeah. do you think 
every you know every spirit of questioning or every time we have maybe something we don't understand or a question we have is is that the same thing as doubting or or is your definition that doubt being a lack of trust is it is it more than just having questions i think it's more than just having questions it's like this uh when I was 11, my daddy died of a massive heart attack. Hmm. Even though I didn't go to church, I knew there was a God. I yep. knew it. Hmm. And I often ask God, God, why in the world did you take my daddy? Hmm. As a matter of fact, I'll be honest with you, I shook my fist at him. Hmm. So questioning God, being confused about things like that, I think it's cool. I mean, God knows we're going to have questions. He knows we're going to have doubts. Yeah. Uh, but that's how we know he loves us. And would you say that it's more than just the doubt itself where sin comes in? Because earlier you made the statement that, that doubting is sin. Really, doesn't it come down to how you respond to your doubt? Mm -hmm. Because think yeah. about your own case, and let's talk about that for a minute. How did your doubt actually provide God an opportunity to strengthen your faith? How can doubt not just lead to, as we see the word right now going on, deconstruction, deconversion, mm -hmm. but for you, your doubt actually led to a point of you being more devoted mm -hmm. in your faith. Talk about That's that right. for a minute. Well, doubting uh, to me is sin. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at the guys in the Bible, like say God didn't slap them upside the head. Right. Uh, he was patient with them, uh, worked through it with them, and it made them better men. Hmm. And that's the only thing that I can say about that with me. I mean, he, the Lord just loved me all the way through it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, just the hard-headedness, uh, the lack of faith sometimes, the flat-out disobedience of not doing what he wanted me to do. He just loved me anyway. Right. And that just made an impression on me. Yeah. And then that helps me to want to love other people the same way, you know, even the Coke drinker. Yeah. <laughs> even even when we doubt God, it's good to know that he's he's not doubting us. That's he's right. still devoted to uh, us. And, you know, here, here's the thing. You know, I got married. Me and Robin got married in college. And uh, How many years have you been married? Uh, let's see. We got married in 1975. Whew. So Praise God. Be, how many years? Be 48 years. But uh, when we first got married, I was not the man of God I should be. Hmm. She didn't know that. Yeah. Because I was good at hiding it. And sometimes I'm still not. But because I married a godly woman, hmm. God used her to point me in the right direction. Yeah. Now, Bubba, sometimes there's a connection between doubt and fear. Yeah. C could you explain to us how that connection sometimes exists? Well, sure. Uh, like there's this trick. I, there's, a, there's an object lesson I do with uh, that deals with three eggs. And you stack these eggs on top of uh, a cake pan that's in place over three glasses of water. And they're raw eggs, and you have to hit that cake pan with a broom handle. The cake pan takes off, and the eggs fall down into the water if you've done your job right. If you don't, you make a mess. Oh, yeah. Well, I was at a big church one time, and I missed. I hit that cake pan off to the left and went off to the right. Now, 
I have a fear of doing that trick. Mm. I doubt myself. Lord, I only missed it once or twice out of all these years, but still I've missed it. Mm. And that is in the back of my brain. Wow. And I think that keeps me from using that trick that will bless somebody else. So it sounds like what you're saying is when doubt creeps into our lives, it causes us to have fear of stepping into the trust that we know we need to it give kinda God. Like, it kind of so, like paralyzes you. Yeah, so yeah. You're, you're, yeah. you're afraid that you know God's not going to be there when you take that step or That's right. when, you, when you walk out that he's going to let you down. Or if you're in front of uh, a thousand kids or 2,000 kids like yeah. I've been before, and you do that trick and you miss, you think, what are they going to think about me? Hmm. Well, should I really care about that? We've all made mistakes, right? Yeah. But still, instead of me taking that and using it for a plus, I've got that fear, that doubt in my brain, is it going to happen again? So what is, this, what is the answer for a person who's doubting? In, in fact, I can imagine a person listening to this episode right now, and they're saying, well, Bubba, I've got a list of doubts. Yeah. In, in fact, I, I have a list of doubts so long, you, you, wouldn't even, you wouldn't even have an hour to talk to me about them. So for a person who has very real doubts, mm-hmm. what is the next step for them? Yeah, where do they start? Well, with me, if you're a Christian— it's just taking it to the Lord mm-hmm. and asking Him to help me uh, get over that fear, yeah. get over those doubts, and just being obedient. Mm. I mean, that's what I need to do. Yeah, I don't know about everybody else or you guys or my wife, but for me, that's what... I mean, I just don't need to get stuck in a hole and stay there. Sure. Yeah. you got to get out. And I, and I think that's true. Like, sometimes... Th- the, the doubt in your mind can be so overwhelming that, that it paralyzes you, like we talked about. Yeah. Um, I, I would encourage for folks to doubt their doubts. Like, yeah. don't give doubt the benefit of the doubt, you know? Yeah. Um, but instead, just keep trusting and following, pressing into the Lord, because it can become a paralyzing thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let me ask you a question. If you keep doubting over and over and over again, is that sin? Yeah, I, I think Jesus answers doubt every time. Like when a person has a doubt, Jesus is quick to confront it. He's That's quick right. to say, hey, here's truth that suppresses doubt, that drives out doubt. And so I, I think Jesus' desire in our lives is to eradicate doubt from us, um, which means we, we can press into him, and we can be open and honest with him about our doubts. That's, that, right. that's the thing that gives me freedom is... Is when I doubt, I, I can be honest. Lord, I have doubts. Mm-hmm. W- would you prove yourself to me? And you know, he's faithful to do that. Yeah. And I think sometimes, again, it goes back to what's our response to our doubts. You know, you think about temptation, you know, is, is temptation in and of itself a sin, or is it our response to it? Is doubt in a, of itself a sin, or is it a response, is our response to it? Well, I think it depends on what are we doubting. I mean, if, sure. we're, if we're doubting, who God is, then yeah, I think that can be sin. Um, if we're doubting that you know Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then that's truth. It's believing in a lie. It could be sin. Um, but it really comes back to, and this is what you said, Gene. It's it's trusting in our Lord. What what's the relationship that you have with God? Are you bringing Him your doubts? That's right. Because some of our doubts are the same doubts that people have been wrestling with with thousands of sure. thousands of years. 
And for every question that we have, there's not always a satisfying answer. Ryan, you mentioned someone suffering, a friend dying. God, why did you do this? It's causing me to doubt that you're good. We might have the most best explanation that we could be ever given, but if we don't trust who God is, then the best explanation for why he does what he does doesn't matter because we don't trust him. And so the end of our doubts isn't always finding an answer to our question— it's do we have trust in the Lord? Do we have that relationship with Him? I think that's a good point. You know, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, he says this, I, I want to bring clarity to the gospel for you, mm-hmm. um, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and goes on and on. And sometimes when we have doubts, what we're, at, what we're looking for is clarity. Yeah. God, would you just give me clarity in these things that I long to believe or, or that are true? Um, and there are some things, I, I think you made a good point, Brock, that we're never going to have perfect clarity on. No. And God's not a God of confusion. A- a- absolutely right. not. But there are some things that man, are mysterious. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But, but God has given us enough that we can know. We can have to certainty. To be comfortable, to trust in Him, wow. and yeah. to let go of our doubts with the things that we don't know. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, my problem with my dad was when he died, I got mad at God. Hmm. And I would shake my fist at God and say, why in the world did you mm-hmm. take my daddy? Yeah. Why would you do that to me, my mama, my twin sister, my older sister, my older brother? Yeah. Why? And I didn't realize why I come to the understanding until I got saved. Hmm. Wow. There's a poem um, that, that came to mind as we've been talking about this. It's by a man named William Jett, and he, he said this, Doubt sees the obstacles, faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night, faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step, faith soars on high. Doubt questions who believes, and faith answers I. That's right. Um, it's just been an encouragement to me in seasons mm-hmm. of doubt. Um, but I so appreciate you being on the podcast. Yeah, Is there man. any one last challenge you would give to students in this generation as they continue to follow the Lord? I would encourage the students to get into the habit of reading their Bibles daily. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bible says when you get up and put on the armor of God. I mean, they go to school. We go to work. Yeah. We don't walk out of the house naked, do we? I, I don't. Not. We're Hope dressed. Not. I don't know what Brock does, but I don't. <laughs> We're dressed. And God wants us to get up, read the Bible. Yeah. As we read the Bible, he's going to show us things in our lives that he wants us to get rid of. Yeah. It could be some kind of sin. could be doubt. could be a lack of faith. Uh, we need to confess it, get right. And then go out and try to reach boys and girls, men and women for Jesus. Hmm. That would be my encouragement to them. That's great. I That's wish incredible. that that I wish that uh, somebody had encouraged me. Wow. Yeah. To that to do that when I was in, when I got saved. Hmm. Can't start too soon. What a testimony. That didn't come until long till later. Well, this has been the Lead Defend Podcast with Ryan and Brock and Gene Bubba Wright, fire eater extraordinaire. So thankful for you being with us today. And, hey, thank uh, you, guys. Hey, here's one of the incredible things. Lead Defend is always around the corner. So go to leaddefend.org for more information. Hey, thank you guys. Until next time. Hey, God bless you. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. To hear more episodes from the Lead Defend crew, visit absc.org slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening site. Want to learn more information about the next Lead Defend conference? Visit leaddefend.org.